0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. After some 50 days in power, the Israeli government headed by Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid and Defense Minister Benny Gantz, must contend with old yet intensifying challenges to both the country's north and east, amid shifting sands throughout the region. To analyze Israel's current state of security amid regional developments, we are joined from elsewhere here in Jerusalem by Dr. Nir Boms, who is a research fellow at the Moshe Dayan Center at Tel Aviv University. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Also joining us from Central Israel is Brigadier General in Reserve Yossi Kuperwasser who is the project director on Middle East developments at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs. Thank you for joining us as well, sir.
2: My pleasure.
1: And elsewhere here in the building actually is our TV7 analyst Mr. Amir Oren as well as the host of TV7's Watchmen Talk. Amir, uh, thank you for being here as well and… the building, however, unfortunately, because of the COVID situation, we uh, had to contend with new realities. But how about we open today's program and, and grant us a little bit of a overview of the current situation. Where is Israel standing and where are we heading to?
0: Yes, the uh, COVID-19 um, isolation or uh, quarantine is not uh, Great Britain's splendid isolation. Of uh, a century ago. And uh, it is not Israel's position right now, because Israel is not isolated. Um, to the contrary, uh, its a strategic uh, situation right now seems to be uh, quite good. There is no um, imminent uh, threat, of course. Uh, the fronts around it uh, could burst uh, at any moment. Uh, this is what Israelis have been used to For the last uh, 73 years. Yet the problems that Lebanon has uh, with its uh, economic and social uh, collapse, that uh, Hamas has in Gaza, the uh, uh, situation uh, in Jordan, which in security terms um, is very, very uh, cordial uh, towards Israel, Egypt is a very good uh, security partner. And yes, uh, uh, in the distance, uh, there lurks Iran with uh, several problems, which we will obviously uh, go deeper into. But all in all, the uh, Bennett Lapid government, uh, which you referred to with guns as defense minister, has enjoyed a rare privilege of being able to focus on domestic affairs, chief of which was the budget which was passed in cabinet a few days ago, but yes, there could be uh, some problem on the horizon, and it seems as if Iran and what is happening in the Arabian Sea or around the Straits of Hormuz and the Red Sea could be the first flashpoint.
1: Indeed. General Cooper, I'd like to ask your perspective on Israel's current state of affairs, but uh, just to point, uh, as yesterday, Thursday, was the inauguration of of the new Iranian President, uh, Ibrahim Raisi. Uh, We heard prior to that, during uh, multiple occasions, also during a uh, Knesset plenum session or a parliamentary session here in Jerusalem, as well as later by Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, that Israel will not allow the Iranians to sit in Tehran while the region is being destabilized. Uh, there are signals of threats going back and forth, of course. Where are we uh, heading to? What are the things that uh, we should really look at at this stage?
2: Well. That uh, yes, Iran is the major uh, problem, the uh, major challenge, security challenge uh, that Israel has. And uh, under IC, uh, Iran is going to be even more uh, dangerous and more ready to take all kinds of uh, dangerous steps. And uh, we saw that uh, what happened in the last few days before he entered uh, office was the attack on the Israeli-linked uh, ship in the in the Gulf. Uh, that uh, we should be very concerned about what's going to happen, and uh, one of the uh, implications of that is that uh, a little bit uh, different to what uh, Amir said, yes, we did approve a a budget, but we had to enlarge significantly the the defense budget uh, to uh, make it possible for us to contend with the variety of uh, challenges we have on the security and defense uh, field. Uh, I think that what we are going to see now is, yes, we are saying we are not going to let the Iranians, but what does it mean? uh, They don't take our permission. We are just uh, going to uh, try and uh, raise the price that they are going to pay for what they are doing, hoping that this will make them change their mind. The problem is that all the areas controlled by Iran, including Iran itself, is under a big mess right now, a lot of uh, chaos, a lot of instability. The Iranians are very uh, pressed uh, by the ongoing sanctions and by other reasons that uh, the Corona and other uh, problems they have inside Iran itself and in all the territories that they claim to to govern, and because of that they are very edgy and they are very ready, uh, really ready to take risks more than the usual, and uh, that's why they moved in in this battle that's happening in the sea, from just hitting uh, carefully ships in the way that uh, will avoid escalation. To taking a step that uh, could and actually did uh, bring about uh, some escalation beyond what we were uh, acquainted with in the past, and that's what's happening. And the re- one of the reasons of that is that Israel has uh, successfully uh, took steps in uh, taking steps in order to uh, prevent Iran from uh, turning Syria into an area through which they can deliver weapons to Hezbollah, advanced weapons to Hezbollah and uh, turn it into an, uh, an Iranian base near Israel. These are things that Israel did relatively successfully, and including the, this last attack about uh, two weeks ago, that uh, hit uh, severely some, something that was probably very sensitive and important for the Iranians, and brought about all these reactions, including not only from uh, in the sea, but also the attempt to launch rockets from Lebanon, and the commitment of the, uh, the open commitment of the Russians to take harsher measures uh, by themselves, you know, to uh, foil the Israeli attacks in Syria, all these things happened as a uh, reaction to this Israeli attack. So we are now in a in a situation of uh, escalation. Fortunately, I think we the, the big mistake the Iranians did enabled Israel to form a coalition together with the Americans and the Brits uh, to confront the Iranian uh, this new Iranian direction. And I hope this is going to deter the Iranians while Israel keeps uh, in its, uh, cap- its uh, freedom to take uh, steps to deter Iran by its own uh, capabilities, not only relying on the moves by the international community.
1: Indeed. Well, of course, referring to the aerial strike that was conducted by uh, unknown, or at least not. Uh, uh, Nobody took responsibility for those uh, strikes uh, on the Da'a airport uh, in Syria, uh, which uh, Syria, or at least the Damascus regime, was very quick to attribute uh, to the Israeli Air Force. But I'd like to ask you, uh, Dr. Boms, General Kuperwasser also mentioned uh, the destabilizing factor, and while Israel has been successful in thwarting the smuggling of arms from Iran to uh, Syria, which is of course uh, uh, quite a significant achievement, or at least transferring those weapons into Lebanon to bolster uh, the precision uh, uh, guided munitions and the capacity to pinpoint targets uh, in Israel by the Iranian proxy there, uh, it seems like the, the situation in Lebanon is escalating slowly, slowly with sporadic uh, clashes being reported between uh, the, the Bedouin tribes in certain areas south of Beirut as well as Hezbollah. Uh, how do you see the destabilizing factor uh, that Iran is playing in Lebanon and to what degree is Israel concerned about those developments?
3: Well. In Lebanon, uh, specifically, the combination of uh, COVID crisis, uh, political crisis, government that has not been, uh, existed, in fact, for the last uh, few years, uh, going through uh, temporary, and attempts to create governments that did not uh, really work, add to that uh, uh, the ongoing uh, economic crisis that started with the Syrian war and the uh, refugees. Uh, it really created a collapse in Lebanon. The banks have collapsed. Um, the Lebanese pound have really lost uh, uh, the ability to to really serve as uh, actual uh, currency. Uh, we spoke about the collapse of the Lebanese bank system, um, and uh, all of that uh, brings Lebanon back to, in one degree, to an abyss, and also brings uh, all the sectarian politics uh, back out. What we've seen uh, the last week in the uh, town of Khalde, south of uh, Beirut, uh, is actually an ongoing uh, situation that began uh, last year. And then you've seen a response against uh, Hezbollah forces and then a counter response. And then in a rare uh, show uh, uh, of uh, sovereignty, the Lebanese military stepping in in a very significant way. Uh, We've we've had weapons and and, and tanks uh, to try to think about peace uh this is voted by some who uh, as, as one of the last attempts to try to bring some degree of stability or sovereignty because lebanon unfortunately uh, has lost its own sovereignty uh, and, and itself and for hezbollah is, uh, they are able to create a force that is actually stronger than the Lebanese military and all of that now comes into a head uh, hezbollah is also in crisis partially It's a function of the crisis in Iran. They need to project uh, the ability to at least cater to their own people. Uh, And there's more growing concerns, including from some of the Shia community, the friendly community to Hezbollah, saying, look, uh, Lebanon is collapsing. You are uh, focusing on a war with Israel. Uh, A few less missiles will actually give us something to put on the table. And perhaps that's a, a better route the Lebanese patriarch saying uh, there are other neighbors in the region that have found other ways, more peaceful ways to sort disputes. That's obviously a direct challenge to Hezbollah. Uh, And now the Lebanese army had stepped in uh, to stop what otherwise could have been another Hezbollah uh, uh, win. And that tension is escalating. Uh, And perhaps uh, what is of concern to us in Lebanon, as well as, by the way, in Iran, Two countries that are on the verge of the abyss, just on the economic uh, uh, dimensions, protests, uh, lack of stability. And this is unfortunately uh, uh, always a potential for somebody to act uh, less rationally in order to deflate uh, uh, energy into a different direction um, and do something unexpected. And and we've been in this scenario for a while and we certainly we uh, remain very... uh, Attentive to the dimension to the dynamics in Lebanon, uh, which already has a humanitarian dimension uh, and potential uh, security uh, escalation, uh, as we have seen, uh, even following Gaza, that uh, we have uh, seen an attempt to bring Lebanon into the picture, uh, this time by Palestinian uh, groups. Uh, of course, uh, will take a different direction that will really change uh, this uh, equation and will bring about a very different uh, type uh, of uh, scenario.
1: Indeed. Mr. Oren, I'd like to hear your perspective on this, uh, especially considering the fact that the northern front is currently the key challenge for Israel. It has been for a while. What has changed now with Iran being more on the verge of willing to take the the various chances, uh, as was uh, stated earlier?
0: Well, the... um the uh, start of the uh, Raisi era uh, is uh, apparently a bit different than uh, what we saw uh, eight years ago and earlier, when uh, former presidents uh, Khatami and Ahmadinejad and then Rouhani uh, took office. Because uh, the president is uh, perhaps the uh, number two man in the regime, uh, at least nominally, of course, when General Kasam Soleimani was there. He outranked uh, Rouhani. But if you go back to the uh, late uh, 1980s, uh, President Ali Khamenei was the uh, heir apparent and indeed the eventual successor to Ayatollah Khomeini. And it seems as if right now uh, the same script is being played out in Tehran because Raisi was probably chosen as the president in order to groom him to be the uh, potential successor to uh, 82-year-old Khamenei. So it is not only uh, uh, a change of presidents. We are going to see uh, Raisi being tested by Khamenei for toughness. He was, of course, very tough towards so-called enemies of the revolution inside uh, Iran. We have to see whether his uh, foreign policy and national security policy will also be hawkish. Uh, And uh, in the meantime, what uh, uh, we learn is that various power brokers in the uh, Iranian military and security galaxy are competing with each other uh, in order to uh, operate. And uh, the attack on uh, the uh, Mercer Street uh, vessel was probably um, an outcome of uh, these uh, uh, types of war. Another point, uh, a short one, is that there are many visitors from the US armed forces coming to Israel, either directly from the CENTCOM area of operations, or, for instance, the uh, uh, admiral in charge of the Fifth Fleet uh, came to Israel from Egypt, where he was a, a guest um, uh, in the uh, launch of a new Egyptian naval base uh, closer to the uh, Libyan border. And what they all see is the fact that uh, while other powers come and go, Israel is here to stay, and the Israeli defense forces are the uh, uh, best quality uh, force there is here. And you know, in the early 50s, when Israel competed with the Arab countries in marketing itself, uh, as a bastion of uh, freedom to the West, there was this uh, propaganda line that Israel is an unsinkable aircraft carrier, when, lo and behold, it is true now. Israel is an unsinkable aircraft carrier, and if you uh, ask a visiting American admiral or general, they will uh, sign on this dotted line.
1: With that being said, General Cooper earlier this week, on Monday, uh, prime uh, the former Prime Minister and the current opposition leader uh, Benjamin Netanyahu accused Israeli Foreign Minister uh, Yair Lapid of uh, Coming to an agreement with his American counterpart Antony Blinken during their first meeting uh, about a week after coming into office that uh, Jerusalem will it- Engage in a policy of no surprises with their American counterparts in all that relates to attacking Iran to attacking Iranian targets throughout the region, but also most notably against the Iranian nuclear program saying that it endangers Israel's national security interests considering that it will probably uh, bring into calculation various elements that may challenge Israeli freedom of uh, engagement or freedom of operations. How do you see that, uh, in particular, with regard to Israel? Uh, Netanyahu also mentioned Israel uh, constituting suddenly a vessel state of the United States. Uh, Would you go that far, or is there some equilibrium between the two allies in operations and understanding the key ingredients to maintaining a stable region?
2: Well, first of all, of course, we have here two major uh, interests of in Israel. Uh, one is to be able to defend itself by itself against any threat to its uh, security. And the other is that uh, we need the very close uh, relations with the United States, which is our most important ally. And uh, we have to reconcile between these two uh, elements that comprise the Israeli security policy. Uh, uh, I would say quite surprisingly that uh, Lapid did not, uh, in any in any point, refuted what uh, uh, former Prime Minister Netanyahu said. So there probably is such a commitment. And this, uh, if you take such a commitment, actually you decide for one part of these uh, two uh, pillars at the expense of the other. And I think this is a big mistake, because our concern right now, for example, is that the Iranians are going to push forward with their uh, nuclear project and. The United States is committed to not allowing Iran to have a nuclear weapon, but it is not committed to deny Iran the capability to produce nuclear weapons. So there there definitely can be some disagreement between us and the Americans about what is the time in which something has to be done about it. And uh, our approach has always been that we should not allow Iran to have the capability to produce nuclear weapons, and they are getting closer to that. The Americans are so interested in uh, rejoining the... uh, JcpoA the, the Iran nuclear deal from 2015 that uh, they are they would like to postpone the, the the point in which something should be done about the Iranian nuclear w- nuclear project in the past in 2012 for example when Netanyahu spoke in the uh, uh, UN uh, uh, General Assembly he made it clear that there are red lines for Israel that are not necessarily the red lines for the Americans he said if you if you are uh, Iranians I'm going to. This was the big, uh, 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 you know, the the the, the picture he uh, showed of the red line, right? Uh, That if the the Iranians are going to cross uh, a point where they accumulate more than 250 kilograms of uh, uranium enriched to uh, to 20%, then Israel is going to have to take action. Now uh, they are getting there. And if you are going to say that you are not going to take action unless you coordinate it with the, with the Americans and get their approval, this is not going to happen. At the time, the Iranians were very afraid from uh, what Netanyahu was saying, and they made sure that they never crossed the, the red line that Israel presented them. So I think this is uh, when it comes to our security, we should be very closely uh, discussing the matters with the Americans and wherever possible, sharing with them what we are planning to do. But not always, and not at any expense. This uh, commitment is a bit problematic.
1: Indeed. Uh, Dr. Obama, it does seem, however, that Israel is aligning itself significantly with the Americans, uh, also on matters of great power competition, joining in condemning China for the first time uh, in United Nations fora, But uh, beyond that, it seems that the great power competition is the key interest currently of the United States to... uh, conclude the the global posture review in such a way that would allow it to engage uh, China uh, and, of course, align all of its allies. Of course, the Japanese declarations uh, vis-a-vis Hong Kong and and other declarations around the world also bring Israel into the picture uh, with regard to having to choose a side and having to uh, engage constructively with the great power, uh, the great power which it Uh, Has uh, relied on for so many years, the United States in in so many levels. Do you see this now also taking a forefront uh, within the Israeli Foreign Office and uh, the various uh, uh, decision making that it's uh, going to engage with?
3: Well, first, it's only natural uh, for uh, two new leaders, President Biden in the U.S. and Prime Minister uh, Bennett here, uh, to act. uh, in a way that is something different than their predecessors, uh, but particularly when it comes to mainstream uh, foreign policy. For, for us, uh, Bennett had uh, took the challenge of uh, restoring the U.S.-Israel uh, relations uh, and, and tried to do something into, uh, uh, from a point in where it is perceived to be too partisan and too reliant on the former President Trump and its alliance with Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, and it's also uh, an attempt to gain American support in an administration that perhaps is not as attentive uh, to some of the issues, security concerns, and otherwise, in compared to the previous administration. So it's important for the prime ministers to uh, uh, bring the Americans uh, to uh, a constructive dialogue that uh, will. Uh, be very relevant, particularly when it comes to Iran. And of course, when it comes to the other great powers, uh, the same, we uh, to have an organized policy. And at some point, one needs to pick sides. Israel was able to maneuver uh, when it comes to the United States, when it comes to Russia, when it comes to China. Uh, At some point, there may be additional pressure to uh, uh, pick sides further and not to engage uh, or not to let China in. Uh, further there been, uh, China has been involved in the Middle East and has been involved in Israel um, and now this additional push uh, uh, from the American side and, and perhaps in return to additional Israeli push when it comes to the more critical issues JCPOA and Iran
1: Indeed, well we're drawing near to the end of the program about three minutes from now uh, and I'd like to hear where is Israel heading from this stage uh, Mr. Owen, we'll start with you
0: The uh, important uh, event uh, which we are all uh, uh, looking forward to is going to be the uh, prime ministerial visit, the Bennett visit to the White House, because with all due respect uh, uh, to the uh, level of uh, foreign minister or secretary of state, the Blinken-Lapid talks uh, were only part of the preparation for the Bennett visit, as was the uh, uh, visit of the National Security Advisor, the new one, uh, Dr. Ayal Hulata, uh, to his counterpart, uh, Jake Sullivan, and to Deputy Secretary of mm-hmm. State, uh, Wendy Sherman, in Washington. This is uh, what uh, was uh, once called, uh, in summitry, the Sherpas, uh, preparing uh, uh, the work for their masters, even though now we know that uh, Hillary and uh, tensing were co-equals. We are not looking down, of course, on the uh, staffers uh, doing the real work, um, and eventually the leaders are only signing on the communiques. So when Bennett and uh, Biden come out of uh, the White House, perhaps on the telephone, we will know uh, whether new policy guidelines are handed down.
1: General Kupferwasser, less than one minute, unfortunately. What should we focus on? with regard to Israel's security?
2: should focus on right now on making the best of the opportunities provided to us by the mess that the Iranians are, build, are creating, and uh, at the same time making sure that we don't miss the uh, threats and dangers that are uh, eman- emanating from the same mess. So this is what we, what we have to focus on, on right now.
1: Dr. Bohms?
3: Iran, on the one hand, and Hezbollah and making sure that uh, the lack stability in the region uh, is not going to turn into uh, a, a non-careful move uh, against us. We need to make sure that we are vigilant and we are uh, stopping any attempt uh, to deflate uh, uh, these uh, crises in Lebanon or in Iran uh, against Israel.
1: Indeed. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank General Yosi Kuperwasser, Dr. Nir Boms, and, of course, uh, Mr. Amir Oren for being part of today's panel, and uh, we're looking forward to a productive year, production uh, year for TV7, uh, where you'll join us plenty of times, I'm sure, and I'd like to uh, thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time.